you're listening online, we are in Amos chapter 4, taking right off from where we left off last time. And minor prophets, of them there are 12. There's only one narrative minor prophet, that would be Jonah. And they would all fit in one scroll, that's why they were called the minor prophets. Amos is writing to the nation of Israel while he lives in Judah. He was, what was, he, what was uh, Amos as far as the occupation? Herdman, yes, farmer, herdman, a sheep grazer, people, or an outside person, if you would. Yes, big tester. Uh, maybe his name was Amos Newton Prophet, I'm not sure. Big tester. Wow, that's terrible. Let's just read the Bible, please. Thank you, Pastor. Let's go back to the Bible. Uh, Amos chapter 4, verse 1. Hear this word. Now, what is a kind? What's a K-I-N-E? Cow. Ye kind of Bashan, that are in the mountain of Samaria, which oppress the poor, which crush the needy, which say to their masters, bring, let us drink. The Lord God has sworn by his holiness that, lo, the days shall come upon you that he will take you away with hooks and your posterity uh, with fish hooks. And you shall go out at the breaches, or that would be the breaks in the walls, perhaps, every cow at that which is before her, and you shall cast them into the palace, saith the Lord. Come to Bethel and transgress. At Gilgal, multiply transgression. And bring your sacrifices every morning and your tithes after three years and offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven and proclaim and publish the free offerings. For this liketh you, O you children of Israel, saith the Lord God. A little sarcasm there, by the way. That's why I read it that way. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help me as the next few moments that we would think about, as we think about this, your word, may we learn together, may we be challenged as to the warning given to Amos and if you want to bring it all up, Lord, given to us as, as a nation, as Christians, may we be following your truths. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we find here, right, it says, second part, number two, then from your outline, is here about the reasons for judgment, and that is the title. First of all, the affluent women exploited the poor, the first three verses. Question 13, what did Amos call the rich women who harassed the poor in order to take from them what little they had? The kind of Bashan. That's what he called them. And Bashan, by the way, if you're looking at the, at the nation of Israel, it would be on the right-hand side. It was a very fertile area. And, uh, you know, like Sodom and Gomorrah was a very fertile area until the Lord rained down fire and brimstone upon them. So here is the Sea of Galilee. Here's the Dead Sea down here. And here's over here, over on this side. Be the kind of Bashan. And so there's a very, a very happy place with the cows. Those are the most longhorn. Those are longhorn cows there, okay, from Texas. Okay, there we are. Looks more like an elk, I'm afraid. But that we are, that, that's where they were, and that was a, it, it, was a, it was a good place for cows. And, but they lost the respect of those who normally do them. Their actions warranted the title of kind. The Syrians would break breaches. If you look at that, if you read between the lines by verse 3, it's not going to be a good thing. You shall go out at the breaches, every cow at them which is before her, and you shall cast them into the palace, saith the Lord. They were doing, they remember the whole book, the tenor of the entire book nearly, is they're doing, and they will not get right. And so God is warning them. Get, stop worshiping false gods, start worshiping me, do what is right, repent, or there's, 
and the Syrians are going to come. So the Syrians are, were going to come, and they were not going to repent, and they were determined pretty much to stick in their own ways. We've talked about that in the last two or three Sunday mornings, how before they were eating and drinking and marriage and giving in marriage, it's like they're going to just continue. Well, the Lord's not going to bring. He's going to wait upon us. And if you think the Lord is not going to judge America, you've not been looking at America the last several years. He's done, he's, he has already started it. So they, they are, they're just need to listen. It's that, it's that warning. It's that He's going to roar from Zion. We talked about that earlier on. He's going, he's going to just let go, and he's going to, they're going to hear from God if it don't change. Two, then, the people worshiped in hypocrisy, saying one thing, doing another. Is he speaking sarcastically? Absolutely. Verse 4, come to Bethel and transgress at Gilgal. Multiply transgression and bring your sacrifices every morning and your tithes after three years and offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven and proclaim and publish the free offerings. For this liketh you, O ye children of Israel, it's just like you. We might say it's just like you to do that. It was all in. It was all in hypocrisy. Do you think sarcasm? Absolutely. This is such a sarcastic, uh, if you would, uh, diatribe, two verse diatribe against them uh, from Amos. They were not doing right, and the Bethel. Remember, Bethel was the place where they had the calf worship at one point in time, and so go there. So the nation then refuses to repent, if you will see, starting in verse 6. And I shall also, I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities. Now, we'll stop right. Cleanness of teeth. Now, I struggle with cleanness of teeth. So if you have clean teeth, you've not been eating much. You know how sometimes, the, uh, without being gross, a lettuce, piece of lettuce will stick up in your teeth like that, and you, and you don't know it, and your wife or husband goes, you know, I got some lettuce in your teeth there. And then the, the worst thing is no one tells you, and you find out, you look in the mirror after all day long, and you had a piece of lettuce in your teeth on but at least you had something to eat. Cleanness of teeth, famine, nothing to eat. There's nothing, you don't have to brush your teeth because well, you should brush your teeth, but they have nothing to brush your teeth because you've eaten nothing. So that's, that's the idea of cleanness of teeth, hunger in all your cities, and want of lack of bread in all your places. Yet ye have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. You have been given the signs of turning and these things have started to happen and, and you just still are determined to go in your own way. And also I have withholden the rain from you when there were yet three months to the harvest. I caused it to rain upon one city and caused it not to rain upon another. And one piece was rained upon and the piece whereupon it rained not withered. So two or three cities wandered into one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Ye have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Do you see how we're going back each time? The reason you're doing this, you've not returned unto me. The reason you don't have food and your teeth are clean, you've not returned unto me. You go and find water, you can't find, and it rains in the wrong time or the wrong place, and it's all because you will not return to me. I've smitten you with the blasting and with mildew, when your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increased, the palmer worm devoured them. Yet, have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord? Can you miss, can you miss the message? It's like, it's like repetition. So when God says things one time, we are to obey. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That really is a one command from the New Testament we really don't have to wonder about. And that one time should be enough. Now, your parents can tell you one time, and, and you may, they may have to repeat that. Sometimes, though, it's something, where, and they follow up with, a, with a, a reminder that you didn't do it. And then the second time, you don't have to be told that second time, I'm doing it that time. So this is the Lord is reminding them over and over. 
So what's going to happen? Can we continue on? We shall. I have sent among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. For your young men have I slain with a sword, and have taken away your horses, and have made the stink of your camps to come up into your nostrils. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord? I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were as a firebrand plucked of the burning. Yet ye have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore... Thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, because I will do this unto thee. Prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. I almost want to say to America tonight, unless we start repenting soon, prepare to meet our God. For lo, he that formed the mountains and created the wind and declareth unto man what is his thought, that maketh the morning darkness and treadeth upon the high places of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. So just in case you're wondering who's warning you and who is going to try to, who's giving you this ultimatum, it's not someone of le- someone who's like a bystander here. It's, you know, it's like our, where I work now. And so it depends on who calls. If, if the commissioner, uh, Commissioner Victoria Eldridge calls, you answer that phone. Now, I've never gotten a call from her. I don't ever anticipate getting a call from her, but she's like the number one person in the state of Kentucky over all these 15 ads. And it's like, so, you know, she's directly under, under the head of the CHFS, and then there's her under this department. And so when she calls, if I call somebody, they can hang up. We just talk about today how it's hard to get people to respond to you and call you back. Sometimes we're looking to get a grant or whatever, and they, they just, they're very busy. But when she calls, they, we respond. And like, we have an acting executive director, very good at her job. And she, but I got, I got to go because the commissioner is calling me at two. So we're going to leave this meeting with you, and which I understand because she's calling it too. It wasn't like some king from another country is giving this ultimatum. This is God. If you don't repent, and he said to say the same to America, spiritually speaking, if you don't repent, there's going to be an everlasting punishment. If you as a nation don't get right, no nation, from what I understand, has withstood the sanctioning of homosexuality. Right. I don't think there's any nation who has... Just, and it, You shoot yourselves in the foot. I mean, just talking practically. If we all... If we everybody turned to that today in America, we would have... In a generation, there would be no more Americans. I mean, am I thinking correctly? I mean, just... I mean, it's not going to happen. But it's, it's, it just shows you it's against nature. It's not the natural thing to do. So we are to repent. And, and we are to, uh, if we don't, we just need to repent. Let's go on, because God is always faithful. And I tell you, you have to be careful. You get in the news today, it can discourage you. And I, I keep up with the news on, on the surface level, so you could ask me a question about it, and I try to keep up with it so I can talk somewhat halfway knowledgeable about things. But I'm telling you, you listen so much, and I tell you, I found myself getting so discouraged. And even today on, on the briefing, it's like, I have to talk about this again. You know, you know does anybody understand, you know what I'm talking about? Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? You, you, this, is what, this is what I need to work on. This is, this is it. Just get my Bible. I've been reading a lot more Bible, and, and it helps us to keep the right focus. So, anyway. Shall we continue? We shall. 
Prepare to meet thy God. What a very, you'll see that on the, I see that on the sign somewhere. There's a guy that made those signs several years ago, came revival, and, he, and people have that, prepare to meet thy God. Well, here we are, right here it is. It comes again in just a few minutes. I think that is it. Question 16, uh, what was going to happen? If they did not repent, they were going to be, uh, they were going to go into, well, they're going to be destroyed, taken into captivity by the Assyrians. What a terrifying comment. Prepare to meet thy God. Five. So, so hear about then the need for repentance. Hear ye this word which I make up against you, even a lamentation, O house of Israel. Lamentation was really a, a poem sung while in a funeral procession. And Amos constructed this one for Israel's funeral. Amos personified Israel as a virgin, young in the prime of life, but she would fall and none would restore her. So sing a lamentation. It's almost we want to start getting out our harps for America. Uh, that, that we're, we're just, it's a sad thing that unless we return to God, we're just, we just, we watch, we watch, do you not, maybe you don't, I think most of us are on the same page. We watch what's going on and we just, Lord, please help us to change our ways, please. Two, the virgin of Israel is fallen. She shall no more rise. She is forsaken upon her land. There's none to raise her up. For God, for thus saith the Lord God, the city that went out by a thousand shall leave an hundred, and that which went forth by a hundred shall leave ten to the house of Israel. So question number three, what percentage of Israel's soldiers would fall in battle? Ten percent would live and ninety percent would die. That's, not, that's a very sad, very sad thing, commentary. Provided number two is repent because God desires it, should be desires. For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. Seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, and pass not to Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to naught. Why those cities? Because those were supposedly the calf worship cities. Remember, they were as they broke apart in 930, and you have the southern kingdom, northern kingdom. The northern kingdom says, we're going to, he sets up in Bethel. Was it Gilgal was the other city? Maybe it was, I'm not sure. Bethel was one where the calf was. We're going to worship the calf because I don't want you to go over to Jerusalem and lose you as and you start worshiping Jesus or Jehovah here. So he put the calf worship. But it, by the way, they had started that a long time ago. 1400s, they come out, of, they come out of Egypt and Aaron says, oh, we threw the gold into the fire. Now it came a calf. Wow. I still flabbergasts me sometimes that he would, he who's the spokesman, and uh, would do that. We find then that, that, so, but don't, seek not Bethel. Seek the Lord and ye shall live, verse 6, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it, and there be none to quench it in Bethel. Who, ye who turn to judgment to wormwood and leave off righteousness in the earth, Seek him who maketh the seven stars in Orion, and turneth the shadow of death into the morning, and maketh the day dark with night, for, that calleth for the waters of the sea, and poureth them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. That verse 8, isn't there so much there? That's our God. Seek him who maketh the seven stars, and all the other stars. Orion, constellation, is a group of stars that are together, and I had it somewhere written here. Constellations are a group of stars forming a recognizable pattern that is traditionally named after its apparent form. So that's a constellation. So we have the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper, and that's about as far as I know. So Big Dipper, Little Dipper, and those. Uh, and so that's a constellation. 
Well, I tell you, there's really no question. Either the Bible's outright lying or God made them. I mean, he pours out the seas upon the face of the earth. The Lord, and that's the capital L-O-R-D, so that's Yahweh. He is, the, that's his name, that strengthened the, the spoiled against the strong, so the spoiled shall come against the fortress. They hate him that rebuketh in the gate, and abhor him that speaketh uprightly. For as much, therefore, as your treading is upon the poor, and you take from him burdens of wheat, you have built houses of hewn stone, but ye shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but ye shall not drink wine of them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. They afflict the just, they take a bribe, and they turn aside the poor in the gate from their right. Therefore the prudent shall keep silence in that time, for it is an evil time. Seek good, not evil, that ye may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as ye have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good and establish judgment in the gate. It may be the Lord of hosts which will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. I would put 15, hate the evil, love the good, establish judgment in the gate, in the government. It may be the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the United States of America if we would do that ourselves. The answer lies before us. I have to confess. Mr. Lauderdale asked Mrs. Lauderdale, very gracious to me, there's something on the, on the washer back there. We, we found there were some washer pods in the little slide-out thing. We need to make an announcement about who, not to do that. You know what? It was me. It was me. I put the, I put the pods in the slide-out instead of putting them in the, the washer. Because I didn't read the directions. The directions are Right down the, the washer. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. Could not have said it better. When all else fails, read the instructions. Read the instruction. Yeah, we have a washer back there. It really works so nice if you, if you do it the right way. And, and the, they were so gracious about it. Mr. Mr. Waller, so gracious about letting me know. I said, it was, I'm sorry you don't make an announcement because I did it. It was me. Well, if we just read the instructions, America, the answer is here. It is right here. It doesn't mean your problems are going to all go away, but it does mean we have a hope, as Mr. Womack prayed. We have the, the hope. And, and, and as, our, as, as our world goes to pot, we still have the same hope that we had when we, things were going grandiose. We still have the same hope. And this is the answer. If we... If we could just get people to see it. If we could just get people to see it. Well, the reference to Bethel, question number 19. I don't think we did 18. I don't think we did 17. 17, oh, we did 17. 18, what simple invitation did God give to the individuals living in Israel? That was to seek the Lord, seek God. If they sought him in verse 4, they would live. Question 19, what, why the reference is to Bethel? Because that was a place of worship for the northern kingdom that really had no power they thought, they said they were worshiping Jehovah, but they were not. 20, what nation is going to bring destruction on Israel? It is going to be the Assyria, question 20. They were invited to turn to God instead of worshiping their idols. Question 21 and 5, 8. What type of worship does it seem the Israelites had gotten involved in? Can, can you read between the lines? It says, seek him who maketh the seven stars and Orion. Astrology. Or worshiping angels, was that not even a problem? The Gnostics in the New Testament, worshiping angels, yes. 
But an angel of God comes to you with some other gospel, don't believe him. Galatians chapter 1, 8 and 9, if you want to look that, jot that in there. Pagan worship. Nothing new under the sun. The economic forum is going, going back to the old paganism. There's nothing new under the sun. You can't, we think we've got a corner on uh, sexual liberty. Just, I, I see the Canaanites in the Bible. You don't know what that looks like. It looks like the Canaanites in the Bible. That's what it looks like. It looks like Sodom and Gomorrah. There's nothing, it's not like we've reached some level of intelligence to where we can handle this and God does not care about it anymore. God does still care and we can't handle it. You see what happens when mankind is left to themselves. Where, where would you see that, Pastor? Well, how about Genesis chapter 6? Romans chapter 1. In question 22, I ask, although most Americans may not bow down to physical idols, what are the idols many in America worship today? I'll leave you, give you a moment there. What do you think? What are idols? Money. I got that on here. Athletes. Movie stars. Singers. Prestige. Homes. Cars. Now don't start meddling now, Mrs. McClure. We'll just take that one back off. Oh, yeah. Fish, I, that's not even on my list. Fishing boats are not on the list, Mr. Lauderdale. So it's like uh, that nitro 20-foot. No, that, that's not on there either. Yeah. Oh, the Phoenix bass boat 20-foot. That's not on there either. Politics, I put politics. I put worshiping of abortion. I think that is a worship today for some. And immor- immorality. Uh, so we, have, we, we may not bow down, but we're just as, as singled in on them, I think, if we're not careful. And we're doing... And So we may not have the idol a physical idol, but we're still bowing to that idol by how we we live. And question 23, what will the people do when the Assyrians come? Well, let's start reading at 16. Therefore, the people, therefore, the Lord, the God of hosts, saith thus, wailing shall be in all streets, and they shall say in all the highways, alas, alas, and they shall call the husbandmen to mourning, and such as are skillful of lamentation to wailing. By the way, they had paid uh, wailers back, uh, not wailers, but, but criers, mourners, I'm sorry, criers and mourners. That was, you see that, different times, you see that, remember New Testament? He comes, and the, the, the person's dead, and those who were mourning paid them mourn, laughed him to scorn. This person's dead, you can't do anything with, and then he brought in the three disciples and the parents, and Raised the one who was dead. Do you ever wonder what those paid mourners thought when that person that was dead comes walking out the door? Mm, I, I think I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, I, I think I think I hear my mom calling me for supper. So uh, it's like, there we go. It's like, yes. So we, they're going to make, they're going to wail. Question twenty three. They're, they're mourners, the farmers, the husbandmen. Verse seventeen. And all and all vineyards shall be wailing, for I will pass through thee, saith the Lord. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light, as if a man did. I love this part. We get. I can just. I, I can actually understand. This is, this is woe to those who worship in hypocrisy. Starting in verse eighteen. Woe. Is woe a good thing? No, it is not. It's as if a man did flee from a lion and met a bear met him. Or 
into the house and leaned his hand upon a wall, and a serpent bit him. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light? And even every very dark and no brightness in it. I like the way John, I really like the way John Philip says it. Imagine a man running in terror from a lion lurking in the thickets of the Jordan. Somehow he manages to elude the lion only to run into a bear. With a frantic yell, he rushes off in another direction and manages to elude the bear. At last, exhausted and still shaking in fright, he arrives home, slams the door, and leans his hand on the wall while he catches his breath and is bitten by a poisonous snake. And the snake bite proves to be fatal. In other words, in the day of the Lord, there will be no escape, no place to hide, and no refuge from the foe. No matter what you're going to do, when God comes to rule and to reign, remember the day of the Lord starts uh, even about the rapture time for sure, all the way through the end of the tribulation time, perhaps how far you want to go all the way through the end of the millennium, but for sure, until Christ comes back to rule and to reign, there will be no escape. There will be none. You will need to have known the Messiah when he comes back. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness, verse 20, and not light, even very dark and no darkness, brightness in it? I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Why? Because they were hypocritical. Now, he loved it. When someone does something right, he, God shouts. God sings in Zephaniah 3.17. God, God sings himself. He loves to hear the prayers of a righteous person. Matter of fact, it says in James, what the prayers of a righteous person does what? A, a very good, availeth much. The prayers of a backslidden, wayward Christian, what he wants to hear is, I repent. Doesn't say he doesn't hear them. I'm not saying that. But oh, can you tell me other there is a Bible verse here, Psalm 66, 10? If 18, 16, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I regard iniquity in my heart. See, there, there's some caveats, 66, uh, 18. There's some caveats to God answering your prayer, right? To hearing your prayer. It's, it's the prayer of a righteous man. It's, it's the one who has no iniquity. David couldn't get, we talk about, think about David's prayers from the time of Bathsheba until the time he confessed. They're probably hitting the palace roof and go right back down, right? That's what, you ever think about your prayers doing that? Man, like they're just going as far as that. and come. What's the first thing I should do? Get on my knees and repent. What is it in me that's causing my prayers not to be heard as they should be? God knows all. God hears, you see what I'm saying? He hears all that. But for him to respond to us, I think it, it behooves us to be in a right relationship with him. And that, that's part of that confession part. And we'll stop there. I think we can start six is coming up. Uh, I think it's good. Yes, we'll stop right there. Time is up. We're going to go into captivities, but into verse five. We have borne the tabernacle of Moloch and Chinham. Can you imagine how, what an affront it is to God when you have false gods and you're worshiping your false gods and ignoring the God who's giving you breath every moment of your life? But before I cast too many stones, this Bible is for you and me, isn't it not? Look into my life, and you look into yours. Only by the grace of God, there goes you and I. Only by God's grace. You and I were not born in Iran, and we're not Shiite Muslim. 
only by God's grace. Right? But is that, would you not say that? Yes, thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord. Jeremy, would you, you mind closing in prayer, Brother Jeremy?